Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I'm, um, I'm trying to choke back the, the laughter as uh, there seems to be a betting pool on the side as to whether I can pronounce our guest's name correctly. However, I did have a chance to work with this particular person, so I had a little bit of practice. Um, so hopefully um, I'm not um, ostracized forever uh, for mispronouncing it. But Steve's about one of the coolest cats in town, so I don't think he's going to hold me uh, too much accountable for it. I mean, he's, he himself says uh, that uh, his, his name is missing a, a couple vowels here and there, you know, ever since, uh, you know. They were stolen from, I guess, his, his last name. But anyways, long story short, we do have a really great chat today. Um, we are um, going to kick off this new year with um, someone that both David and I had the, the, the pleasure of working with over at IDOS Montreal. Um, Steve is, uh, actually, I don't know how many years he's been there, but he's been there for a while. Um, and um, considering the latest product coming out of that studio uh, being um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we've had a couple of streams um, already to talk about this game. Um, Considering it has such a huge um, focus on, uh, like that IP of Guardians of the Galaxy had such a huge, um, you know, uh, dependency or part of the DNA is is music and sound. Obviously, Steve's role on this game was extremely important. So it's going to be interesting to pick his brain on, um, you know, how he approached that. And, you know, what the trials and tribulations of that particular experience um, was, you know, Steve's, he's been in audio for a really long time. We will get into that in the stream. He's even in a band. He still like rocks out on a regular basis. So I think, um, you know, it, it was a really interesting opportunity for him. Um, and I'll let him tell that story. But I know that he was uh, pretty excited about uh, working on a game like this because it seemed almost like the planets aligned for him and all the things he loves to do. He got to spend a lot of time doing all of those amazing things. So I'm going to bring in David, like I usually do, and stop um, talking in circles. And we'll um, bring in uh, Steve and we'll get this show on the road. There he comes. Hello, David. Hey, I'm out of practice. I'm. I'm all over the place. I'm like a. <laughs> it's all good. I'm like it's a avalanche. new year, so let's uh, let's uh, let's get this uh, started. Uh, pretty excited, as you mentioned. We both have the the, the chance to work with uh, Steve, yeah. and you know what is great with those stream. We have the, the the chance to meet new people we never met with, and also to reconnect with uh, old friends. So today, that it's definitely the uh, the case. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's bring him in. Let's uh, have a little chat with. Hold on, Steve oh. Shipkowski. See how I did. How did I do? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well put that in your pipe well and done. smoke it, Patar. Well done. <laughs> Welcome, Steve. Welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised and impressed. <laughs> it was, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was yeah, very well done. Very well done. I didn't practice all night. I didn't stay up all night in practice, in case you were wondering. In case you were wondering. I didn't, that's, I didn't that's, a, that's a brutal GG rumor. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. No, no, you didn't do that. No, I didn't have it. Um, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us, man. Thanks for having me. It's great seeing both of you. It's been a long time. We haven't hung yeah, out and sat and talked. And yeah. uh, it's nice to see uh, Dave when we're both uh, able to catch our breaths and not be sweating. We were CrossFit workout <laughs> mates for a while. 
you know. I, I think it was our way to 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 cope with you know the uh, with production in general. Mm. Like okay, we need this hour that we're just going to go down and you know, was, get out so of breath healthy. and just get it all out. Yeah. And then we come back in the afternoon. We're super zen, and we can yeah. finish the, the rest of the I day. I, I, it was honestly, it was it was very helpful at many times, and and it was always great when you were there to train with you. So it was fun. Yeah, you you were my endorphin buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, needs one of those. Uh, Everyone needs a buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, just got to say before we start, uh, I mean, obviously, congrats for the uh, the, yeah. the game. It's uh, it, it was amazing to see all the the, the great reviews uh, uh, coming out for the game itself, for the narrative Absolutely. element, for the characters, for the, the soundtrack, yeah. the music, the sound and all that. And, and you know, for having went through Tripoli production <laughs> myself, uh, I know that, especially for you, that was there since the beginning. It's a four or five years, you know, uh, yeah. project. So not only it's a, yeah, it's, you have the satisfaction, but it's some, sometimes you have the relief as well that, you know, all this was for something and we can finally be proud because we've Mm. all observed, you know, other team that were less fortunate to work super hard for super long. And then it's not well received at all by, by and and that's just crushing. And that it is, it is crushing. And I mean, whenever you you hear about something like that or you see it i mean like you said as anybody who's worked in the dev cycle you know there's no um there's no sort of satisfaction of like oh cool our game's doing well and they're getting like you're you know as a human being like maybe if you were like you know 20 and still in that sort of insecure finding myself in life place Mm -hmm. um not that there's anything wrong with being 20 believe me but just saying is that at this at this stage like you don't see it the same way and because you've put in all these years and you've done that five-year trip where maybe the game did really well or you did a four or five-year trip and it didn't get received well you can kind of appreciate the time and energy that goes into it and often you know these things are maybe um elements that are outside of the production team's control you know because there's so many variables from marketing and this and that and so I'm just saying is, you know, it's it, it's a great point that you bring up and, it, and it's it's very um, it's very unfortunate when you see games that people have poured their heart and soul into, mm. they, you know, they've taken time away from their families and yeah. then the game gets just like, you know, reamed on, on the Internet yeah. or destroyed. And, yeah. you know, I know it's always easy for people to, you know, it's almost like that schoolyard thing of you see like a pile on and you don't even care who's on the bottom. You just run and jump and, you know, pile on. Want to be, be part but of the pile is, on. Exactly. That's it. But there is somebody on the bottom. You yes. know, and, and, yeah. And you are stepping on somebody. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more sympathetic to that having, like you said, you know, it's, I'm not a kid anymore. I've done 15 years just at Eidos at, at, on its 15. own. 15. Wow. Yeah. This yeah, fifteen year. year. So can we just go back a little bit in sure. in time and go back to this moment when you joined uh, Ados Montreal? Because sure. I mean, I, just in in general, the, so the, the 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 studio. I'll give you a fun. Or... I'll give you a fun history. So, um, yeah, I'll talk. You guys can just stop me when I'm rambling. So basically, <laughs> I went I went back to school at thirty. And I went to Trevis. I'd been playing in bands all my life. I always wanted to be, you know, involved in music and rock and roll. Uh, I worked at a bar booking all the bands. I learned how to do live sound while doing it. So I've really taken the long scenic route to wherever Mm -hmm. I've gone, Um, which, you know, 
it comes with a bit more bumps and bruises, but it's usually comes with a lot more fun, exciting, freaky experiences as well. What were you doing Go before ahead. 30 then? You said you went back to school at 30, but what were you doing? Yeah, all 30? I was doing, I was basically, well, people need to remember that, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. So going back in the stone age before 30, we didn't even have the internet or anything like that. There was no internet. So the whole multimedia industry in Montreal, when I came out of Trevis was non-existent. You had, mm. um, at the time it was, I don't even think it was behavior. They were called A2M maybe. <laughs> or maybe they were behavior or anyway. So you had them in Ubisoft. That was it. And um, so I spent, you know, months trying to get a gig. Like I finished. It was funny. The Trevis school, like we started with two classes. And I remember the teacher standing there. And I'm, of course, like I'm 30 and I'm paying my own way. And I'm surrounded by all these young kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like with the headphones sideways. And, Yo, oh, I'm yeah. here to make beats. You know, yeah. and I'm like, okay, let's see how yeah. that works out. You know, some of them are just there because their parents wanted them out of their freaking basement, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. And the guy stood there in front of the class and he goes, Out of everyone here, he goes, Only three percent of you are gonna graduate and only one percent of you will get jobs in the industry. And I was like, Oh, oh that, that's a perfect motivation speech. I was like, Why didn't <laughs> yeah. somebody tell me this before I signed? Yeah, yeah. You know? But I was like, <laughs> Okay, Shapowski, like, you know, this isn't high school, you're not here to F around, you're here, you're paying your way, like Big difference. High school sitting in the back of the class with, you know, the Black Sabbath jean jacket and the feet up on the desk. And now I'm like front of the class <laughs> 10 minutes early with the notepad and the apple. What like, the you know, hell has happened to you? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, big difference. But I made sure I was going to be in that 1%. And sure enough, when we finished the class, what started out as two classrooms ended up being <clears throat> six people, seven wow. out of like 40 something. Because like it was so intensive. Lost. So intensive. And if you, you know, unfortunately, if you got sick and couldn't go to class for like a week or two, like the climb back would be like epic, you know, because mm. it moved at such a fast pace and you had labs and nobody's got gear at home. So you'd have to go to the studio mm. to do your homework and your lab. So anyway, it was it, it wasn't for it wasn't for kids like you had to be serious. So I came out of there. I spent six months still just like working in the bars, trying to put enough money together every month to pay my rent. I would get. I mean, I used to get gigs. I live off the island of Montreal, so it's about a 15-minute car ride. I didn't even have a car for the longest time, so I would bike everywhere. I would get a gig at, like, Pub St. Paul to do sound downtown, and mm. I would bike there in through the bridge and everything. And then coming back, like, it's pitch black, 3 in the morning, and I didn't want to spend the 20 bucks because I needed it to take a taxi. So I'd bike home. I'd be throwing my bike over fences because they locked the bridge <laughs> and stuff. Like it was just, it, sometimes you're driving at night and at the last minute you see, they put a chain across and you're like, don't, oh, you know, and, man, <laughs> I'm telling you. So anyway, all this to say is I finally got a job in a gaming company <clears throat> after sending out CVs for months and months, getting discouraged. And I finally got a gig. It was a small uh, studio here called DC studios. No relation to the comic. It was digital concepts. Um, and first gig I got, believe it or not, was they had no audio guy, nothing. They hired me. Um, it was funny because the guy reached out to me. I was sending CDs like crazy. Like, I was like, I got to get a, I got to get a job, you know, because now I'm paying back that loan and I'm not making the kind of money I thought I would hmm. be paying it back plus rent plus anyway. So I, I, this guy reaches out, he goes, Hey, can you send me some, uh, some examples? So now I'm like super excited, right? It's like a fisherman who's been sitting on the boat for five days and he finally gets a, <laughs> a little wiggle. So I'm sending him all kinds of stuff. I get nothing back. Like it was soul crushing. And I'm just like, you know, 
And then out of the blue, after I forgot about him at like three months, he writes back, okay, so uh, are you still interested in the job? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, are you just toying with me? Are you some evil psycho sitting there somewhere? Like, you know, jump, jump. So in the end, I sent them, and it was funny. It was for a girls dancing game. I had no idea. So I sent them two styles, like a sort of Britney Spears, very produced, polished, and something a bit more just 4-4 straight dance. So then he brings me in and he goes, okay, we're ready to offer you the job. Like, I'm just like, I don't even care if you pay me. Like, I just want to do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I get a salary, I get everything. And I, and now I realize, okay, so what am I doing? And they're like, you're making a Bratz dancing game. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. And they're like, and we need like 22 songs by, I don't know, in two months. It was like, they had brought me in so late in the process. So it was ridiculous. Like I used to meet my wife around the corner for lunch and, and she'd be like, how's it going? And I'd be like losing my mind. I'm like, it's, it's noon and I got nothing. I got nothing. And she's like, okay. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I need a song every day or I won't make it. I got nothing. I'm dying. You know? So it was like, it was pretty stressful right from the beginning. Um, but it was, but it was really fun and it was a very fun, small studio. So, um, a lot of talented people that went off into into the industry you guys would know a lot of them uh without a doubt and we made a, a lot of fun games and it's funny in that process i met the first sound guy because once we got a couple of projects and i was like oh i i get to get a team now you know and the first guy i ever hired was yoan boudreau who mm-hmm. is the co-writer of yep. the star lord album mm-hmm. and who's also um he was on my sound team when we did human revolution and then yoan left um to open up his own uh production house so he has a full production facility in his basement like fully functioning recording studio so johan then became um our go-to for uh recording all vo and mocap so like on guardians johan was the recording engineer so the guy who plays guitar in the star lord band is also the guy who recorded all the mocap and he's also the guy that i use to mix all of our trailers and he actually, uh, because we were seeing um, time getting tight, like this was a funny story. So I'm jumping ahead, but when we were in London uh, this last August, we were there for three weeks. JS, who's JS Leblanc, who's my uh, technical director, and we were mixing the game. So at one point, you know, late at night, and we're sitting there, and JS looks at me, and, you know, he's seeing all the Jiras coming in. And for anyone who doesn't know, Jiras are all the bugs that we get, and it's a system. So they're called Jiras. So, He's seeing all the bugs coming in and he looks at me and he goes, you know, it's not going to work. We're not going to make it. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you got the Jiras and he goes, and we have all the cutscenes that have had a good first pass, but not a polished pass. And he goes, we can't do both. Mm. And I'm like, all right, just leave it with me. You know, (laughs) as as you guys know, you know, when you're at the the sort of top, like you're like, okay. And I'll, and I'll say this one thing that I learned, is that all those years of struggling on how am I going to pay the rent this month? What, how am I going to, you know, where am I going to come up with this extra 150 bucks? It kind of teaches you this real interesting survival skill where I'll say this, it's kind of like the Captain Kirk thing where I refuse to acknowledge the no win situation <laughs> because there has to be a solution. You just haven't thought yeah. about it. Yeah. And and sometimes the universe will show you that solution and you need to be paying attention. So 
as we finish this conversation within 20 minutes, because like I said, I'm, I'm mixing the game, but we also have trailers going out that I get back to the hotel. I'm approving trailers till like midnight oh and syncing with Yoan. So I get, I'm sitting on the couch. Like we had a viewing couch for the big screen and JS is behind me and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know, what are you going to do Shukowski? And I'm like, yeah, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk to that voice in my head right now. And as I'm sitting there, a text comes in from, from Yoan in Montreal and he goes, Hey, just letting you know the latest uh, trailer got approved by Marvel. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. Cool. Hey, what are you doing for the next you month? <laughs> exactly. and, and he's like, I'm pretty free. And I'm like, okay, give me 20 minutes. And like, I literally run out and I find a quiet, empty room. And I, I poke our senior producer, Olivier Plou. And I'm yep. like, look, man, I need five minutes. Like, this is like as serious as it's going to get. And I told him, I said, look, if you can get me X amount of dollars, this is the situation. I said, we can't do both. We don't have the manpower. There's, you know, time versus manpower equals it's not going to all get done. There's no other way around it. So what can we, how, what variable can we fix in this equation? And manpower was the one, but of course, manpower means, you know, so I was like, can you get me a small outsource budget so I can bring this guy in for a month and he will do nothing but cut scenes. And he came back, he goes approved. So <laughs> within like three hours, two hours, I walked back to JS and I'm like, you know, all cocky and proud of myself. And I'm like, so you know that problem we had? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, it's fixed. Candles. don't worry about it and he's like what 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 no, yeah i'm just dragging it out but i'm like i got your head i got a month like we're good we're good we're okay you know i'm yeah. all excited he's like he's like oh my god that's great and then he was gone like he's already sending all the files like it was amazing how quick like we literally got approved that i think the next day <laughs> johan was working on the file so anyway it. Yeah. I'll go back all this to say, so I was at DC studios. I hired Johan who's been with me since then up until now. So probably 20 years we've been working together. And when we needed to hire a second guy, Johan referred his buddy who was Jean-Sébastien Leblanc. So I then hired, I worked with JS on a project just outsource. He was doing, um, forget what it was, but I, I remember when I brought him in, he was doing music for, we were doing a DS game for Hannah Montana. So I would sit there watching JS playing like rock country guitar all day, recording it down. I'm like, how did I sit here and not there? I should have been doing that. That looks fun. You know? So he did all that. Johan scored all of uh, Chicken Little, which is pretty amazing considering it's a DS game and it's got like a full orchestrated score behind it. Um, so anyway, so my point and that was all still at DC, that, right? That was at DC Studios. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the point I was making is that that was 20 years ago and I still work with those people today. So I think that's, that's cool. That's a good sign, um, that we have a good relationship and, and we obviously have a lot of respect for each other. And I think it's one of those, I mean, I often equate things to a band dynamic because I've spent so many years in bands and yeah. it's like I said, you know, some, you look at a lot of famous bands, they don't always, and I'm not using this as a reference to us, but I'm just making a, a statement is that you know, these bands, they don't always love each other or, you know, they hang out outside, but when they get together to make music, they all know that's it. that they can rely on each other and that the yep. magic will happen. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what you get to is that, you know, uh, and I'm, again, you know, I love everyone I work with, but we don't necessarily hang out 24 seven. I mean, we got families, we got stuff to do, but when it's time to work, 
we we all kind of roll up our sleeves and there's no like okay you know who's doing it's like okay you got it you got it okay let's go you know and i'm sure you guys can relate you've all worked with very talented teams as well you know yeah, I don't know, Steve, if you have a, a chance to look at the uh, Get Back documentary from the the the, the Beatles that was uh, released a couple, it's and really it's pretty cool. impressive because you see the personal difference and all that. But when the they dynamics. get together to jam, you're like, holy shit, this is like yes. magic. He's going to do something, and he's doing something else, and it's just building and building. It all and building. works. It's yeah, I agree with you. The yes. uh, having a team that you trust and you know how to work well with takes time to to do and but when you have it you want to bring them wherever you're going afterwards yeah absolutely so we have we had a lot of fun um working together and then dc studios after about five years went under Mm. and they moved to to the us um so i found myself a year like i had just moved into my house so i was here like a year and we had my first daughter jamie so my wife is on mat leave and it's like (laughs) I open my email and it's like, Hey dude, the studio's closed. Uh, we're not getting paid. Uh, everything's done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was literally oh, starting my vacation at oh, a man. cabin I had rented in Trombla for a week. So we went up to well, the guess... cabin and I remember we went to the That's village it. and I'm like, no, nope, we can't do anything. We can't afford to do anything. We can look at people and go, that looks fun. Yeah. I got it. some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is, our vacation's been extended. The bad news is we can't do anything except for sit in a cottage and stare at each other for like That's five it. weeks. Which was pretty much, which was pretty much what we did. That's but awesome. it was funny because the stress too, because I'm like, okay, I'm out of a job and, and now everybody out here is, is going to be looking um, for work and I'm yeah. competing against all these people, you know? So exactly. it was yeah. very stressful. Uh, and it was funny, I had a name or a contact of the mm. HR person at the time at Idos, and I think Idos had just come on the market. Mm. And I sent a CV, and it was funny, like, I think I got, but I sent, I, I prolonged our leaving for vacation, because I said, I need to update my CV and send yeah. a bunch out. Like, I won't relax sure. knowing, mm. you know, I left the, the ship and everything's empty, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I went and sent a bunch of CVs out and uh, I came back from vacation and I actually had a response from Idos and they were like, oh, awesome. oh, we didn't hear, we didn't hear back from you yet. And I'm like, oh my God, I lost the gig. I was on the gig. <laughs> I'm, you know? I'm like, I'm, I'm still here. And, and they were like, okay, great. I came in, I met uh, David N. Fossey, who was the producer on Human Revolution at the time. And I just knew like, if it was ever an interview that you're like, you got to nail this, you've got to get this gig. Like mm. you got two people at home, depending on you, like you've got to get this gig. It's mm. not open for discussion. Now go. And I went in, I just did the best I could. And I just tried to sell myself. And when I got the call, I was just like, Oh my God, thank you. I mean, it wasn't not even like, okay, I'm going to be making AAA games. It was just like, I can survive, you know, I can now yeah. provide for my family. So that was a lot of, a lot of stress, but 15 years ago, and then we did human revolution and then we did mankind divided and endless DLCs. And then uh, we jumped on uh, guardians, Marvel's guardians. So, so that's you, a long story to get quite here. a ride. So you, you mentioned that, you know, stress is definitely part of the, uh, and, and, and that's something even myself, I don't, I don't know, uh, uh, Brent, you've also did animated feature VFX and all mm-hmm. that, but for me personally, game, develop, game development was way more stressful 
than oh, yeah. uh, than the others just because of I mean everything is in motion everything changes all, all of the time the massive production team it's a big marathon that everyone is running at the same time as everything yeah. is built and, and broken on a daily basis and you get forward uh, you how, describe it so well <laughs> how did you manage because I know see that you know we're we're both and, and most people in this industry that, that make it are pretty passionate with what they are doing but that that's the advantage of you really care about what you're doing but sometimes it has the disadvantage that maybe it you does. care a little too much and you need to became politically correct and, and all that how did you how was it for you in general the <clears throat> management of this of the stress or, or anxiety or everything that you had to deal with in video game production uh, it's a good question. When I get out of rehab, I'll let you know. No, <laughs> no but, um, it was, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not for the faint of heart as I think both of you would attest to. Uh, and I'm not going to lie that, you know, there's, there's sleepless nights and insomnia and, and that feeling of like a rope getting tightened slowly. But at the same time, you know, that is self-imposed because as you said, we care so much and we're so passionate about putting something good. And again, I think part of it is also like when you see the potential of something to be great and this game, I felt had it like you would look around and you'd see, you know, the cinematics team just killing it. You'd see the narrative team, like you'd get a new scene recorded and you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, this is such a great, what a well-written scene. And then the performance, like, so you're seeing everybody's kind of bringing their game up. Of course, you don't want to be the one that's not holding their end of the table. Right. And, and like, Oh, sorry guys, you know? And so that was very motivating as well. And I think where I'm getting to is, you know, you could always see the potential. And, and I was always saying that is like, you know, I'd say to my wife, I'm like, God, this game, like I've never played anything like it because, you know, it almost plays like an interactive movie. You know, and I've never seen a game that had that much dialogue and, you know, even all of us, I'm sure Brent would attest, you know, in the early, um, in the early sort of goings when they're like, you know, it's going to be this and it's going to be like, they're not going to feel like AI. They're going to feel like mm. real people. And you're like, mm, yeah, okay. sure. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Heard that before. But huge, huge shout out again to, you know, the narrative team, the technical narrative team, the level designers, like everybody working on it everybody kind of you know did what had to be done and if there needed to be extra they would do it but when i started seeing how fluid and all the dialogue was and just how well the characters came to life and you know i i'm sure you guys can attest when you start seeing something even raw maybe it's again because of our experience but you're like there is some gold in there like there's some mm -hmm. something oh, yeah. very special and 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 I'm sure you know the the creative core saw it as well, like JF and and you know Olivier and Hubad and you know, so I think we all kind of knew. So I'm not gonna lie. I mean, COVID didn't help. You know, like I was supposed to go to to London when we recorded at Abbey Road. I missed that because it just mm -hmm. it didn't make sense. Like I would have had at the time, I would have had to quarantine over there for yeah. ten days, and then so, on the way back too. And then, well, on the way back, I would have been at home, so it would have been yeah, fine. Yeah, right. But the going there and, you know, I, I thought about saying, well, you're going to work out of the hotel for 10 days. But it was just, it just didn't seem to make sense. Where we were at that point in production, mm. I thought, you know, it'd be nice to be selfish on this one. But mm. I knew I'd be putting a lot of shit in jeopardy. So I, I said, mm. forget it. I'm not going to go. What was great, though, was uh, our composer had sent me like a Zoom link and a very uh, high-end audio link. 
So every morning because of the time delay, I would come down with my coffee mm. and I'd watch the orchestra recording and I'd hear it in like high quality. And, you know, as a guy who grew up on, you know, rock and roll and, and, you know, bars and, and all of that, and, and never really got that much exposure to orchestrated music. And when I did, I always liked it, but you know, you'd see it in a passing, passing instance. And then, you know, you're at a Metallica or a priest concert and you're like, yeah, you know, so having spent the last four years, like for me now, orchestrated music is the true heavy metal. Like it is <laughs> nothing is more powerful, you know, like, and, and just, I don't know for me, man, it's like I said, like the, it's, it's a credit to Richard Jakes and the score that he did, but there's times where like I hear it and I'm just blown away and I'm, I'm like, I can't believe I get to put my name next to this, you know, mm -hmm. because it's that yeah. good. And, and the quality is like, you know, almost to me, like film quality, you know, like yeah. we're, that's where we're striving to go, you know? And, and it's funny when we talk about that and people say, well, you know, is it, is it, you know, film is here and video games are here. And I'm like, yeah, well, making a video game is probably here versus making a film. I'm like, the film's linear. I always yeah, know where, from a sound point, I always know where that explosion is going to be and I yeah. can control everything around it to make sure. But in this game, you're like, well, you have to hear the dialogue at all times. Yeah. And so it's nice to make that explosion big, but if people are talking, you know, That's you it. can't make it as big as you'd like to make it because we need to hear them. And you're like, ah, so yeah. it's, for for those who don't know, like I just wanted to just bring something up here, like because maybe not not everyone's been exposed to just how complex you're hinting at it right now, but how complex audio is for a video game because uh, you know video games are obviously they they aren't linear. Uh, they, and a lot of the actions are due to when the player decides to cross a threshold in the level or like something happens or they shoot a thing and then this happens. So you can't just write a score and have it just play. It needs to be all broken up into stems and it needs to be like very like the the, the amount of effort that goes into making something the fact that it ended up feeling cinematic like a movie in the end is quite a testament just because it wasn't just someone writing that it was someone who was able to like put all the pieces together and then when you play the game it should feel like that but it but it shifts and it like it, it's adapts it adapts to what you're doing in the game as a player right that's it and we haven't even spoken about branching dialogue where oh, you yeah, have cut scenes yeah. where there's all kinds of branching dialogue right. i mean again you know it's you know richard and i i mean it's funny mm -hmm. i don't think I mean, I've worked with other composers and I've had great experiences, but I don't think I ever worked as closely, like maybe because of uh, COVID and knowing the isolation and, and, you know, Richard's working alone all the time. And because he's in England, I don't know, but we spoke every day, like awesome. literally like, because there's a five hour difference, like he's already in his afternoon. So I'd sit down in my morning and I'll, and I'll, I'll clue you in just to how, how close we became. Obviously he's a huge Marvel fan as am I. I mean, to just give you context, I mean, I grew up, my favorite memories are just hopping on my bike, you know, and Brent, you'll remember the bikes with the banana seat and the big tile back. I had one. And, you know, one. biking to the to the corner store where they had all these comic books and magazines and I'd have enough money to buy some candy and Spider-Man comics. And if it wasn't Spider-Man, it'd be like, you know, okay, Iron Man or, you know, Ghost Rider. Like I was always more into the the sort of Marvel stuff and I'd go home and I would just devour these comics and just laying in a swing in the backyard and reading. So getting to work on a Marvel game. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just so uh, Steve, and, actually, what was your reaction when you learned that ADOS was that the next was, big project was Marvel? Because I was, once more it... stunned. I was very stunned because when, when it was announced, we were still, 
getting uh, mankind divided out the door. Mm. Um, so often, to be fair, when I'm in that late stage, like I almost, I, I can't even afford to, to look <laughs> at what's passing. Like I need, uh, it's here. Like this yeah, is all I need prize. to think about for the next five weeks. <clears throat> and after that, I can re-enter life, you know? So you're, you're looking at that. And when it came up, I was kind of like, very surprised because because you know i thought we at that time i knew the studio was putting a lot of uh um a lot of emphasis on deus ex and all that and and so i was a bit surprised but when i had time to catch my breath i was like wow this is this is pretty cool and this is pretty exciting and i think to be honest it was good for me from a and i'm sure probably some of the other creative people would say the same like it was good to get a break from Deus Ex, you know, like, I mean, I love the franchise and it's a great franchise, um, but too much of anything, you know, like, well, how many years start, in total? 10 years. That's you it. Know? 10 years back to so back. It's, like, that's it, a lot. It start, it's and all, excuse me, all the DLCs. So, yeah, that's it. You know, what you found so, um, <clears throat> such an explosive fate flavor has now been diluted because you've had it over and over again every day. Yeah. So you're sort of like, yeah, it's cool, but I'm not getting that sugar kick I was getting when I started. Um, so now when we got into Guardians, it felt very fresh. It felt very exciting. It was like, oh, this is com as different as you could be, right? Like from the seriousness and the dark sort of, you know, dystopian cyberpunk world to like bright colors and, and you know, comedy and, and loud guitars and, and, you know, all this stuff. It was like amazing, you know? Yeah. Do you so, remember the very, very first? Excited. Do you remember the very first creative uh, discussion with uh, GF Duga, the uh, creative director, or and the rest of the, the the core team, just in terms of okay, in terms of audio landscape and music and, and, and all that? What what do we want to do with uh, with this game? I, to be, it's one of the things I love working with this company is they do give me a lot of freedom, and I think um, they had they had their hands pretty full with like designing just the gameplay and, and mm -hmm. what's going to be the game. Um, so I think in their head, they knew like, you know, if I would have came in and said, we're not going to have any licensed music, I would have expected to have been challenged and been, you know, <laughs> but we were all, we were already aligned. Like when I came in and, and I was like, okay, so, you know, do we have a budget for licensed music? Cause it's part of the DNA of the game. And I really think it'll be seen badly or negatively if we don't include that in our game and, and production was supportive right away they're like no no we agree and so let's try and determine the budget we need so right from the get-go we had that budget put aside i didn't know what it meant as far as how many songs we were going to get yeah did and you again, know how much a song can cost when you No, uh... i didn't and that and again that's part of building um the right team. So again, I've never done licensed music. I mean, I've done uh, Deus Ex and all that, which had no licensed music. Thankfully, having been a musician and played in music, I understand how publishing and mechanical rights and licensing works. I mean, not to the degree of Randy Eckhart, who we worked with, which I'm going to get to, but that was the reason why I knew like step one, find the right composer. So once I synced with, uh, with Richard and uh, he had a, an amazing like um, uh, demo package that he, he sent that said like awesome mixtape side one. And so right <laughs> off the bat, like that gets you excited because you're like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this guy's like, put a lot of thought into it. And when I heard it, it was great. So I knew once I had sat with Rich and we'd gotten Rich, I was like, okay, 
I know I have the right guy I'm going to war with in a composer, but now for licensed <laughs> music, how do I do this? And again, talking to mutual people in the industry, somebody referred Randy Eckhart of Eckhart Consulting. And if you were to look that up, as I did, you would see that Randy did all the Guitar Hero games. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Perfect. that's interesting. That yeah. sounds like the exact guy I would need. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I then reached out to Randy and started talking with him. And um, we were all pretty much in sync of what we wanted to do. So uh, on one side, I'd be working with Richard part of the day and we'd be like scoping out a level and talking about music. And then I'd be like, oh, well, wait, you know, like we're going to have this licensed track here. So so that even people who aren't musical would notice when you're <clears throat> you're going from like a track and then you're not in the right key where it's not harmonious. Even if you're not musical, you'd be playing and you like something's going to feel weird. It won't feel right. You Anybody even with a very basic knowledge of music would kind of get a I can't tell you why, but something didn't feel right. So. Every time we were putting a track in the game, I mean, again, credit to Richard, but I'd be like, okay, Rich, you're coming off like perfect example in chapter one at the flyout where you get a flock of seagulls, Iran. And I'm like, okay, Rich, we need to be coming off, like going into that song, you need to be in the proper key. And then when we come out of that, I want the music, the score to take over and we're going to mix this down. So you need to be in the right key to segue. And he's like, okay, got it. And we'd find out what keys Iran in. We had to do that for you know every song that we used in the game outside of the huddle stuff because that was on so that it so that it felt like it blended in right like so otherwise it would blend it would just, yeah. smoothly and harmoniously because otherwise <clears throat> you could you could just say listen i don't care whatever but you would feel it and anybody oh, musical yeah. would go well that wasn't right for sure yeah really quick guitar dave plays guitar so i know dave you totally get it like if you went to a chord change that doesn't work Somebody in the band's gonna do this. Well, I, I would say you don't, you don't even. <laughs> Who played that? You don't, Who did Who played that? that? You don't even need basic music knowledge. I would say it's uh, anyway. It's the same for animation. If you have a walk cycle that has no weight, even your grandma can yeah. see that there's something <laughs> wrong with it. She has no yeah. idea what whatsoever why, but something yeah. is wrong. And for me, that's the same thing with music. If you're off, if you're singing, you know, uh, out of key, <clears throat> everyone notices. Oh so, yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I just, we had to do that, and it was it was it added to the work. But as I said, uh, sorry, I keep jumping everywhere. But your original point of uh, how much did a song? I had that kind of initial thought too, because I'm like, well, getting something like let's say uh, we're not going to take it, or by Twisted Sister, or let's say Aha, Take on Me, which are big songs for these bands. I assumed are going to cost a lot of money compared to maybe something that's a bit lesser known, you know. Um, and again, through Randy's guidance, he was like, no, we're going to we're going to come in with um, it's something it's it's pretty common in the industry, but it's basically called um, most favorite nation. So basically what you do is a clause is that you say this is the amount we're paying for every song. So nobody's getting more. Nobody's getting mm. less. Everybody gets the same, because if not, you open yourself up to bidding wars, yeah. bidding war, yeah. you know. And then one guy goes, well, we heard this band's getting this. And yeah, exactly. And, Ego know, gets in I the way suddenly. Yeah. There's no, I don't have any time for that. So yeah, you just want it to be uh, transactional, right? Like here, just put yeah. it out there. That's how much we got. And if you guys, you like, want look, a piece of this money, then just. We got all these bands. It's a, I mean, obviously it helped <clears throat> that it's a Marvel title. So yeah, for sure. I think, I think some of the, the bands, sure. obviously their management went, oh, well, that's interesting. That's going to get a lot of uh, airplay. And look, exactly. let's be honest for, for some of these bands. I mean. 
<laughs> unless they're on a classic rock station or something like these songs from the 80s i'm outside of licensing they're probably not getting tons of royalties and mechanicals so getting a license deal that just falls in your lap and it's like hey we're going to give you x amount of money to just let us use your song in the game oh okay great like here's the send the ad the check to this address you know yeah so that worked out well and we i mean there were artists that their management was like no we don't want to be involved and um for whatever reasons and that's that's their right i mean when you create something you get to choose where it gets used i have no problems with that i mean for Mm -hmm. sure it would have been nice sometimes you're like oh i really want that song and and they were like no no Mm -hmm. we want more money and you're like i can't do it because if i open that pandora's box the yeah. whole house of cards is going to fall. Hmm. So I would just walk away and I'd find another song that would, that would fit. And funnily enough, um, the opening song autograph to turn up the radio when he puts on his jacket and it's like that. Dunk, 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 dunk. I had another song originally that I wanted for that and just couldn't get it because they actually hmm. wanted more money. And when I put the autograph tune in there and I was sort of like, Oh, all right, I'll put this one in it. And as I got Just used clicked. to it, I think I think yeah. it was better than my original yeah. idea. And it, and <laughs> it was nice. the universe basically saying, no, no, you'll be better if you do this. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge subscriber to that whole, there's cosmic forces at play and you have to just be listening and be looking and, you know, understand yep. sometimes that the universe is going to go, you got yeah. this one wrong. Here, let me help you out on this one. Yeah. I think especially with a video game product production, because of it's all the moving parts all the time, if you're not willing to be paying attention to where the wind is blowing, you might miss out on an yeah. opportunity, right? Um, I just wanted to I, I just wanted to point out really quickly that that Rich, Richard Jacques is actually in chat. So I just want to shout out to Richard because you've been doing a lot of shout outs. So thank What's you, up, Richard, Rich? for being here. Richard's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, like I said, we really... To, to show you just how close we became, we had a running gag for a long time. I mean, it still goes today um, because, you know, we're both such huge Marvel fans and uh, I would always refer to him. So I'd come in in the morning and I'd be like, morning, Mr. Stark. How's everything over at Stark Industries, you know? And to this day, like I'll still occasionally, it's almost like a an affectionate name where I'm, I'll refer to him as Mr. Stark or Mr. S, you know, and he'll turn to me and he calls me Mr. Thor all the time. So I wonder like, why. I can't see why. Yeah, you know. I don't know. He's like, no, you know, how's connection. everything on Asgard today, Mr. Thor? Yeah. Like, ah, Asgard's good, you know. That's awesome. Uh, Steve, I wanted to ask because when I heard the the, the amazing uh, soundtrack at first, the first thing that, that struck me is like, oh, that's interesting because the the movie definitely gets its inspiration from the 70s and the game seems yeah. to get its inspiration mainly from the 80s. So was okay. that by design or it just happened that after a few times, hey, it seems that we're in a, uh, wh- where was that creative de- decision coming from? Uh, that I give the, the credit to the uh, creative core of like JF and, and Mary and all that. I think they, uh, it was a very smart move. I think they decided it was a great way to separate us from mm-hmm. the MCU. And again, Marvel was always very supportive of telling us, uh, make this your own. You know, like they really were great at saying, make it your own. And that was like probably the best sort of feedback we could have gotten. So when they approached me saying um, we're going to be more 80s based, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. So I yeah, mean, bring it. I had this encyclopedia of music that I was like, yeah, this is great. I mean, not not that I wouldn't have had a big one for the 70s as well, because I mean, I'm just a huge music fan and I would have been just as comfortable. But 80s i think was you know when i spent all my time with the walkman on and you know just constantly had music always going in my life 
you said something there that was sort of um, you know very brief, but it's actually it's uh, it, it deserves a bit more credit than 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 um, than a, just a quick mention. And I, I and what I mean is, you're um, when you said that that and this is again a shout out to the to the uh, the creative core team on the game, yep. um, be, because you know when you are in a position to have an IP like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is red hot, right? It's obviously yep. like the movies were doing really, really well. And you got Marvel, who's now a partner in this. And they're saying, hey, we want you to make your version of this. That is a very delicate scenario, as we all know, right? And I know that, I mean, I was in a lot of those conversations, so I know it's not so easy. That sounds great, right. but there's a lot of implications there because you need to find that balance. It still needs to yep. feel canon, but you need yeah. to almost feel like it's an alternate version, like an, a, another dimension yeah. of that universe, right? And exactly. um, it required a lot of careful thought to sort of carve that out. And um, the, the fact that it was so successful, I guess, as a game, um, is that that was done really well. I think that that, that carve out, because it really does feel unique, but still feels like connected to the original subject you know, or the original IP. No, you're, you're right. It's, it's a huge balancing act that I think just a few little things that you shift to the other side of the scale and everything all of a sudden, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's all doing this and then it just kind of stops and you're like, okay, yeah. nobody touched anything, you know, Exactly. but, but it's again, you know, um, huge, huge props to, to Marvel and to our, our, you know, creative team that basically said, Hey, <clears> well, let's start by basing ourselves in the eighties. Yep. And then of course, when they, they came to me saying, you know, Oh, Hey, by the way, like the reason he loves, then why he took the name star lord is he loves this band called star lord yeah and i was like okay and then they're like <laughs> so how about you doing something yeah. with that and i'm That's like it. okay i'm like what do you mean like you want me to do what and they're like well what if we add songs and i'm like so you want me to write a song and they're like <laughs> and then you're it? like yeah. well be be careful what you're asking for because yeah, <laughs> i might go to town with this, with this idea it. yeah so i was like wow this is really exciting and that was a whole other thought process i mean if you really think about it there's close to i'd say eight hours of music in this game and I don't know how many how many uh, games can can make that claim, you know, like between 31 licensed tracks, over five hours of scored uh, music recorded at Abbey Road, and then a 10 song hard rock album on top of that. Uh, that's like that's eight hours of music in the game. Yeah, you're producing a game and an album at the same time, basically. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of crazy. That's awesome. This there was a part of you that there must have been a few days that you're kind of pinching your, yourself because oh, I, mean, I mean i remember the first time i was still at adas at the time he'd say hey listen to this like oh my god that's amazing who's that yeah. so that, that that's my band that's because, like what, what what do you mean <laughs> yeah i was like how this is so awesome yeah. how can you get you know into what? a situation that you're asked to create a you know a fake uh, ben, which is an homage to the music that you grew up with. It's it's so meta. It's amazing. It's crazy. It, it is, and especially like I mean, I can paint it up in an even nicer picture, saying you know you're you're given this sort of grizzled mm. old rock vet sort of shot at doing his his album after all these years of slugging it out in the bars and mm. in the clubs and riding his bike from doing sound gigs at three a. And all of a sudden, the universe goes, "Hey, here, why don't you do this?" You know, and again, yeah. I mean, I'm always going to be in debt to 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 JF Zuga and whoever brought the idea up to him. 
um, because I know he's often said somebody came up and said, hey, what if we did this? And but, you know, JF's always been super creative and I think he knows a good idea when he hears it and he mm -hmm. wasn't afraid to push for this. And like I said, you know, I've, I've made the story up plenty of times. I've said it, but originally, like I, I figured, OK, I'm going to sing on it. And, I, you know, in all my 30 years, like I've sang lead in bands, I've sang backups. I mean, you know, I'm comfortable either way, but I guess I've always sort of looked at not being the lead singer is like, well, I'm, I'm good. I can do it. But, you know, there's probably somebody better. So with this in mind, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to write these songs. And again, you know, that's a whole huge production um, requirement of like, okay, when are you going to write this? You know, when are you going to do it? So making one of those executive smart decisions that you look back on and go, you know, when you're looking in the mirror, you're going, that was freaking smart. Good on you. You know? And I was like, Hey, who do I know that I could work with? Cause I remember talking <laughs> to somebody and they're like, you're never going to be able to do that. Like, you know how much work that is. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is a lot of work, you know? So then I thought, and I was like, Oh, Johan, <laughs> of course, like, you know, guardian angel. My, he's my guardian angel. And I was like, Hey, uh, what do you think about this? Cause again, I mean, it's the perfect mix, right? The guy's got his own mm. recording studio. Mm -hmm. He's a phenomenal musician, but that didn't mean that it was going to gel and work, mm. you know, like we've never, worked together. The time. no, we've never done anything musical together. So I was like, uh, okay. And he was like, he was up for it. He's like, okay. I mean, he was brought in as an outsourced sort of guy. And so I said, okay, let's try it. So he sends me a couple of riffs, you know, with drums and everything. And, and I listened to him and I'd go, okay, that one. And I'd say, I'd say that one, there's something, something that speaks to me. So give me a, give me a week or two with that. And the first one we did was space riders with no name. That's the first hmm. thing we ever worked on. And I had to obviously sell, sell this, to the to the uh production team that i could do it and mm -hmm. that i wasn't just bullshitting and that you know we could <laughs> legitimately deliver something that um the quality would be good enough because that was always my worry is you know can we make it sound legit and not yeah. kind of cheesy and not kind of goofy and um so even like it's funny like when when i got the the riffs from yoan and i had sat down with jf already and i said okay well what what do we want to write about like lyrically i kind of need to know my sandbox mm -hmm. because i said obviously it's not going to be like a motley crew record where you're singing about you know strippers and this and that i mean it's it's still marvel and we want to you know respect the disney and the 14 and up and keep everything um copacetic with with all the people signing the checks and signing the legal documents so we sat down together and we listed a bunch of topics and and it was all stuff that i could easily relate to i mean mm. as a guy who grew up uh sort of that classic like you know i wasn't i wasn't cool i was a misfit i didn't fit in with any kind of click i just kind of walked around with my walkman and tried to look cool with like my motorhead jacket or whatever but never fit in anywhere so like the whole teenage thing to me i i went through it you know as an outcast kind of just your own little group of friends but again, like that's pretty much rock and roll, right? Like I grew up biggest Kiss fan you'll ever meet other than a few of my other friends that are even bigger Kiss fans. But one thing I'll say about Kiss is, you know, you ever meet somebody who's a Kiss fan, you become buddies right away. And it's rare, but it's, it's, it's an amazing thing because I think the Kiss army and the people in that um, had to go through so much ridicule. Mm. and and stuff to be fans because people from everything would be like if you didn't get kissed then they were they were a joke and they were clowns that's but if it. you got it 
you loved it and you were a part of that family for life yeah. you know so for me i grew up on that and i found that music very empowering when i was you know going through those rough years because i'd read about you know oh well, paul stanley was sort of this chubby kid who didn't really get popular and didn't fit in with anyone i'm like well i can relate to that and you mm. know so when the when jeff and i sat down it was all about you know family empowerment standing up for yourself believing in yourself and i'm like okay well that pretty much sums me up and what i consider important you know <laughs> so when we started writing when i got the first thing I, I had no idea how i was gonna write and i'm just like i haven't written a song in quite a long time but again maybe the universe there was a guardian angel there but you know suddenly you just start writing a few lines and you're like you know here we come faster than the speed of light oh that sounds cool and you know and you're like okay now i need another line you know and you're like uh and that's literally it's like chipping away at a stone i mean some of them came easier and again for that like just that you know i'll take you to the stars i'll show you who we are i don't know where i came up with that like it was just oh this sounds cool you know and you sing it and you're like yeah like we we, we i love that french expression je you know and you're like i believe i believe it you know like right away you're like i get it yeah it sounds right and even yeah. like the whole space riders with no name i mean again it's a bit of a borrowing from the man with no name of clint eastwood mm -hmm. but again i grew up on those sergio leone yeah. films and so i thought well this is kind of cool like you're 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 you guys in space and you have no names and you know and i was just trying to paint an image and then when i let jf hear it like I, again you know you're you're watching like just yeah. god i hope this he is... likes it well, hold on hold on before you say this full disclosure you need people need to understand that when he played this for jf did jf i don't I, jf didn't know that you were actually the singer in this no he didn't so he, so he, he, didn't, he, didn't he know, sits down he didn't know the director that's it. He knew what you were doing. You were building an experiment. Right? You were going to prove out that you could essentially assemble a track to to give an example of what this what what Star Lord, this fictional band, would have sounded like. And so yeah. you sit him down in a room, probably just the two of you. You yep. he's going in with really no information. Like essentially, this is like live or die moment here. And he puts yeah. on the headphones. I still remember this yeah. story. But when you told me this, I was just full of smiles. It's such a good one. Go ahead. Yeah, so he, he sits down, he, puts he on the headphones. No headphones on the speakers. So, oh, okay, so right, of course. Really loud and punching. Yeah. And so I bring him in. I'm like, okay, we recorded a song. And I mm. said, uh, I said, I'll let you hear it. And he goes, yeah, don't tell me anything. Just let me hear it. So yeah. I put it on. Yeah. And, and then he looks at me and he's like, man, he's like, it's, it's you know, effing great. It's freaking yeah. awesome. And he's like, you know, and then he's like, uh, who's singing? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> and he looks at me like, you know, he's like, surprise. Yeah. like, that's you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and I said, look, I got a few singers in mind that I might, you know, reach out to. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to do it. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Inside, I, like I said, I was squealing like a little, oh, little sure. boy, you know. But uh, then once all that smoke faded and you're like, okay, so now you got to do it. Big boy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Lucky you now you get to build an Alamanic game at the same time. Perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to show you, from a funny point how like when you were saying earlier how things are always moving and changing so mm. for the longest time the opening scene of the game with the farmhouse and then you go and transition inside and he's got the music playing it was always space riders with no name and jeff was like you know I, I'd, I'd like us to do 10 songs so i'm like okay and it was getting getting a little late like we were actually a year ago at this time 
And I knew like the year I had ahead, I was like, okay, you got to bang out this song because you will not have any time to do mm. any of this for the next. So this is it. And I was really having a hard time. Like I had the riff from Yoan and I, I had one idea for the chorus. Like I knew I wanted that. Um, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The zero to hero with the whole, you know, go, go, go. I knew that was a good hook and I wanted that sort of, big crowd thing but i had no idea and honestly like i was like yeah yeah i'll get to it during the christmas holidays and you know christmas holidays come and go and steve's still sitting there doodling on his pad drawing you know kiss stuff and guitars and everything but no lyrics and i'm just like okay and you know that voice in your head hey uh it's getting a little late there big yeah. boy uh, when you get <laughs> song back? and jeff's like you know like the art team needs to adapt the cassette jet like now it's actual, not like I want it, oh, but there's actual production yeah. limitations and schedules that are saying we need this soon. <clears throat> and so I sit down and again, I don't know how or where, I mean, who can ever say, you know, where the, the muse comes from, but I just started writing again. I'm like, okay, from the time I was young, I knew this day would come. And I'm like, okay, you're telling a story. That's kind of cool. And then I'm like, you know, <laughs> oh, well, Mama, she said, son, you'll always be on the run. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Now we get, get the picture. Like, you're on the run. We don't know what, but I'm interested, you know, and I keep writing. And and you make it sound so easy. I, yeah, well, <laughs> believe me, if you knew how many, like, like I said, it's literally like chiseling a rock. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you're stuff. like, you're, you're trying, you're like, okay, this is going to be the arm. It's going to look awesome. And he's going to be like this. And then you stand back and you're like, that's crap. <laughs> put some cement back on like an arm it doesn't even look like an arm let's uh. turn around the whole thing and try it from another angle but so but, but what you mentioned cv is super interesting because that's a situation that you know all professional creative are mm. i mean sometimes you're inspired and motivated and sometimes yeah. you're not and you still have to deliver and we're often asked you know what what when i'm not inspired or motivated you just do it anyway and it's going to suck for a period of time and it's going to gradually suck a little bit less. And eventually there'll be like one little nugget of, Ooh, that's interesting. And then yep. it's going to it, go it in that direction. And, 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 no, right. and yeah, the, the floodgates are going to, to start. So it's not, it's just to avoid the analysis paralysis moment in the beginning and, you know, no, just right. go, it's going to suck for a, just know ahead of time. It's going to suck a little bit. And eventually you'll find something. It might take 10 minutes, might take three hours, might take two days, but just, just yeah. do it. <laughs> Just move on. I think, I think, I think, and you're totally right. And I think sometimes it's that, you know, certain songs, I almost, I'll almost compare it to like, you know, that, that great analogy people make about women who've, who've gone through labor and there's something in their brains that kind of erases <laughs> how painful and, and frustratingly <laughs> stressful it all is yep. because they would that never do it again. No, and it's exactly. the same way. Like I'd look back at a song and I'm like, Oh, it's such a great song. Like, you know, Okay, I'm gonna write another one, and then like a month later, you're like, I write crap. Oh, yeah, just kind of... I can't write anything <laughs> good, and like I'm list, I'm literally like taking the dogs out at night with the song on, and I'm walking for 45 minutes with the song on loop. I'm singing out loud on the street. I'm like, I'm just like you said, Dave. I'm looking for that nugget. I'm waiting for that lightning to hit, and when mm -hmm. that lightning hits, you're like, okay, I know it. I don't have yeah. the full lightning in the jar yet but i have the spark and with that spark i now i have enough yeah. light to know where i want to go and sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's just... the sometimes it's the opposite you kind of take 
take it for granted and you're super inspired and it goes well and like, oh, it's easy. Okay, I can take a break. I'll continue tomorrow. No, just just keep riding this wave because you have no idea when it's going to come back. That's it. It's exactly it. It's funny, like you bring that up and it makes me think of uh, in nowhere. And again, this is where Brent and I got to work together with the lipless scene. Mm. So I don't know, Brent, if you finally got to see it in game. Actually, I did. It was because we had Daryl on, Daryl and um, right. and Seb. I didn't even know it was in the game. And so they, okay, they, they popped right, that on right. me watched, at the beginning. Yeah. I watched it, yeah. I'm just like, right. I had no idea. That's really funny. This is a test that we had done a long time ago, just to sort of like, you know, a, a bunch of us, like Steve, myself, and well, like Steve as in you. And like, there was a bunch of us that got together and was like, let's, let's just take a crack at it and see what happens. Cause we kind of sort of like what you're saying, like we need to know we needed, we're looking for inspiration and we just, instead yeah. of, you know, we just, we created our own inspiration by just bringing some talented actors uh, that we had already casted. And we had a really great scene uh, written up by, by the, uh, by the narrative team. And we just tried it just to see. And yeah. it was amazing how and much it, momentum that kind of created. And it was, it was so much fun. I mean, that's one thing yeah, I'll always say. It was fun. Working, with you, working with you, Brent was always like a highlight of the day. Cause I knew it was going to be like, fast creative like the jokes yeah. the ideas everything and that's a great way to spend your day i mean there's nothing better than when you get to work with people you yeah. you respect and people that kind of push you to be better and you were always one of yeah. those people i felt when i worked with so it was a lot of fun dave same with you like we always had great um interactions with the cutscenes, and and i always respected that like i could always see like you you definitely took audio like it wasn't just like okay the images are good and you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah it was like you would sit there and you'd be like okay so what do you have in mind and I was thinking this so yeah it's, it's cool when people care about stuff I mean of course on one side it's easy to go like hey like why are these people all in my yard you know like I want to do this but if you get past that and you say well respect these people they have really good ideas too and they might be able to make you look better. And that's how yeah. I've always gone about it. I don't really care who comes up with the idea. As long as it's great and we all put our names on it, then we all win, right? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, the best it, approach. It, it comes back to what you mentioned in the beginning of, you know, getting to work with people you gradually become comfortable with. Because in the beginning, it's there's a calibration of, okay, how much gray zone can we collaborate instead of just I'm here, you're yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, over there. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some calibration needed but when you find a spot that you're like okay now i'm comfortable to bring this idea and you know each mm. idea are going to build on top of each other and the end result is going to be none of our mutual original idea but ideally it's going to be better than what we uh, great both had great example of that is the the moment um in the game where they're doing the bet and they're talking about getting money and who do we sell yeah. rocket or group yeah and when it comes out of that scene, it goes from the the radio sort of being, you know, <clears throat> non-diegetic in the background sort of playing. And then all of a sudden it becomes full stereo when we cut out of the ship. Right. And that was something Daryl and I just from sitting together and I'm like, well, I really want to get this music. But I'm like, I want the music to hit as we come out and we shoot. Now it's like in the movie, you know, like full stereo and, -na 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 -na, and that's the hook. And Daryl's like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, and. Funny enough, like we didn't get to spend as much time collaborating as we would have liked just because of the workload and COVID so obviously and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I, I always took that as like, once we pulled that off and I saw it, I was like, okay, that's the recipe I'm going to use often in the yeah. game. And I often would, where I would either start out in space, full music stereo. And as we transition to the ship, I would now push it. So it's coming from the radio and it would transition mm -hmm. perfectly, you know? 
um, again, with the help of Richard, who's, who's scoring stuff to make those transitions happen. Uh, the audio team that are doing all the magic under the hood to make all these ideas work. So uh, again, huge team effort, but it, it, it was, it was great that time that Daryl and I worked on that and we sort of set the example and where I was going before was with the lipless thing that, that stayed around till probably June of like last year where I still didn't know musically what I was going to do with that scene. Mm. Cause <laughs> I remembered what we had done in the first playable. I, I took kind of the idea of like, you know, the guys banging on the table and I'm like, well, that yeah. still works. Definitely like that. But I was like, what's the score? Cause you go into the club and there's like this, yeah. you know, busy sort of techno track going and you got all these aliens. And I wanted it to feel a bit like, you know, Moss Eisley, but a bit more dangerous. And then all of a sudden, like the music stops and you have this guy with the gun. And I was, yeah, it's it. honestly, I remember coming down here in the room um, in my studio here on a, on a Friday night where I remember, um, you know, it was during the summertime and I think my, my wife had fallen asleep early on the couch or something, 10 o'clock. And she saw me coming downstairs and she's like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to go work for a bit. I was just kind of restless. And she's like, you know, 1030 on a Friday, you're going to go work. You didn't work enough already this week. And I said, this is actually like fun, creative stuff that mm. I don't have time to do during the week. And I'm sure you guys can relate. Like there becomes a point where you get into production. And like you said, being at the end of the chain, there's still pieces that move. And sometimes you just don't have that time to sit back and go like, you know, let me look at this moving piece from 12 different angles and come up with the best. It's just like, you know what, this isn't as important as this. So this, we're just going to do it this way. It's going to work. Nobody's going to complain because I need to give the love to this. You know, you have to mm -hmm. prioritize. So with that scene, I can remember I came down here on a Friday night and I was just sitting here and I'm like, you know, what am I going to do with this? You know, like it's such a weird because the score just didn't feel right. So I started researching and I'm, I, I think the, the epiphany for me was like, okay, this is a Western. This is just a Western. It's in a bar. Mm. It's a guy standing at a bar with the gun at the back of the head. And, you know, you should have killed me when you had the chance. You know, it's like it's basically <laughs> one of these scenes, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I start researching on YouTube and I'm going through Westerns like Unforgiven and, you know, all the Sergio Leone stuff. And I'm finding scenes like this. And then all of a sudden I, I'm like, well, there's your answer. Score it like a Western. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that might just work. So I, all of a sudden I, <laughs> I go into my head. I'm like, once upon a time in Mexico, Brian Setzer, great score, very Mexican sounding, very Western. I look it up. I find the track I want. I capture the scene. I bring it in. I put the music underneath and I'm like, oh man, this works. And I'm like, this is funny. Like it's basically <laughs> going, this scene is completely over the top, ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm going to go, I'm doubling down on the ridiculous. Yeah, you know, exactly. As opposed to, as well. opposed to I'm going to try and make this, you know, pull mm -hmm. it back into a more, I was like, no, 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 no. We're going, <laughs> we're going full crazy on this. So now you get the moment where, you know, Peter's talking and you hear the gun and he's like, uh, you hear the click, click, and you get this great Spanish flamenco chord. With the bell <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that whole beginning gets, gets scored with that sort of mix. And, I fell in love with it and I, mm. I was up to like 3 a.m. like working on it. And then I finally looked and I'm like, oh, my God, it's three. You got to get to bed. So I, I go to bed and it's funny in the morning. Like I remember my wife's up and she's like, you know, I'm still laying in there at 1030 or something. And she's like, you know, what time did you go to bed? And I'm like, oh, three o'clock. So and I'm like, but you know what? And I'm like mumbling gibberish. I'm like, oh, it's a great <laughs> idea. 
the lipless has a weapon in the Mexican bar. It's going to be awesome. You know, like I'm back, I'm back. And she's like, what? You know? And I was so uh, excited. And I got up that day. I'm like, I need someone else's opinion. So I showed it to her. And she's, she's like, yeah, it's great. So then I yeah. reach out to my composer. And I'm like, what do you think of this? Tell me if you if you would be up for this. And I mean, again, huge, huge uh, compliment to Rich. But he's never turned me any of my ideas away where he'd be like, I love it. That's cool. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> then it was like, okay, I said, before we do anything, I need to show this to the creative core. So on our meeting, I'm like, okay, everybody, I just want to show you something. You tell me if there's any flags, if not, this is what I'm doing. And I knew it was crazy enough that I had to get, you know, buy in before hmm. starting to pour the concrete. Cause you just don't. <laughs> so I played it for them and I'm watching their reactions and I just see everybody laughing. And as soon as I come back, like, I think Daryl had like tears running down. He's like, Oh my God, it's so awesome. And, and everybody's like, it's really funny. It's really good. And I was like, all right, I got everybody uh, laughing. Everybody's smiling. I mean, that's, I've said it before, right? We're in the business of trying to put smiles on people's faces. Mm. I mean, somebody lays down their money. You want them to walk away, whether it's a concert, whether it's a movie, whether it's a game, you want that person to go, man, I got my money's worth and then some, you know? And I think that's the attitude that Eidos our hmm. our team on this project i think that was we all bought into that attitude you know we all really wanted um you know when you're getting to put your name i, I said it at one of our uh one of our team meetings i remember daryl got up and we had presented stuff on a stage at one of those theaters that the company had rented out and i remember you know he he spoke from the heart and it really inspired me and when i got up and gave my speech like sort of to present music or something and i just said to everybody you know really from the heart like we're getting to attach our name to a freaking Marvel title. Like let's, let's just leave it all on the ice, man. Like let's give it everything we got. You know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime, you know, and you want to be able to look back on that going, I killed it, you know, as opposed to, you know, yeah, next one. Yeah. You know? So, and, and I, I'm not saying because of my speech or because of Daryl's speech, because I think the wheels were already in, in that uh, they were already aligned in that way, but, we everybody like i said i just felt that everybody really upped their game on this title it could just be the stars aligned and and you know everything fell into place i'm sure that's part of it um yeah. but yeah it's 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 a good team and and everybody did a an amazing job on it from 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 you know the smallest you know whether it's a tester or whatever like everybody really really cared yeah yeah I think Guardian was definitely your uh, biggest surprise. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of... Well, first of all, the game was announced very late, like like literally yeah. a, just a couple of months before the, the release yeah. instead of like one year ahead Came of time. Came out of nowhere. And, you know, yeah. there's always mm -hmm. this bias of, well, okay, it's a game from a movie franchise and all that, so it might not be as good. But, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a very uh, special game and it gets the proper recognition it uh it deserves yeah, well, thanks, so that's Dave. uh that's amazing well, i appreciate that and like i said it's yep. i'll happily accept the compliment on behalf of the team but definitely a team effort um you know from everyone like i said um yeah i feel like i should talk a bit about our trip to london which was pretty interesting <laughs> yeah, uh, so we had to travel we had to travel during covid so that was fun yeah well we got hey, about Brent, 15 minutes late oh go ahead I was what just going say, to say, I think we have two or three questions. So maybe we, yeah, we do yeah. through those and then maybe at the end we, we have time for one last, yeah, exactly. uh, well, last, last story. story. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure we get some of these questions out. Let's see here. Sure. Uh, I'm sure. scrolling up here. There was one that came in early. I'm looking for it, looking for it. All right, here. I found it. This one's from Sound Symmetry Studio. Ah, yes. Uh, hold on a second. It's a little long, so I can't, uh, let me uh, read it first. I'll bring it up. So the question is at which point of the game's process did you have new um, did you have new requirements from the PS five and did it change anything in the audio production? I, I guess besides the loading speed. Uh, yeah, great question. It actually, it came, um, a little bit late, probably came during 2021 early on, like early in the year. I mean, again, um, I'm just trying to think of the best diplomatic way of saying it, but you know, we're, we're, we're putting out fires. Like it's basically like we're in the middle of a blazing inferno at this point. <laughs> we're trying to like just manage everything and get it all out. Right. So, you know, the sort of, uh, Hey, you know, the PS five will allow you to do <laughs> this. You're like, yeah. You're like, eh, you know, <laughs> when, the when the sound isn't breaking, I'll get to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but honestly, we got to it a bit late, but we knew we had already done some of the research and we had already uh, sort of had our list of what we would need to support. So I would say early on in the year, and again, a lot of credit goes to uh, our audio programmer, uh, Simon Pelser, who had uh, basically uh, gone through all the spec sheets and he was the, the, the core point uh, dealing with Sony. So he came back and kind of told us what he felt we could support. So one of the main things was, you know, obviously the speaker inside the manette, uh, the controller. So you get all like briefers coming out through that. And I think other than that, I mean, if I would have had JS here, our technical director, he might have been able to go on a bit longer. Um, other than that, it was one thing that came in a bit late, maybe not even related, but just we changed on the patches, the music that plays when you hover over the Marvel icon. Originally, it was just sort of a, a little bit of uh, uh, of score that we had put in. And then marketing was like, you know, like we got this great opportunity to kind of distance ourselves from other games by using like the Star-Lord stuff. And we have all the tracks without vocals. So we took a bit of uh, the power ballad, Ghost, and we used we updated it in one of the day, day one patches. So that when you hover over it, you get a nice instrumental of Ghost. And I got to admit, like when I go on the place, I, I just started playing the game. Um, I, I got a PS5 for the family at Christmas. So we just started, my wife started playing it and I'm watching her. And I have to say, like, you know, shout out to the marketing guys. It is, it does make a difference. Like when you have all those games and you go over mm -hmm. one and you hear another one. And we had done our research at the time and we felt like something just subdued in background. And they came the other way where they're like, no, 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 like, let's, you know, be bold and wave our flag. And I was like, okay. And now that I hear it, it's, it's great. Like you have the song just in loop in the background and it fits really well. So I you hope that someone answered it. You, speaking of changes, you guys also had a pretty big technological, technological change, like uh, with engine at some point as well too. Didn't you in the middle of the production? Uh, I thought you did. I thought you did. I, no, huh? no, I think okay. we were on the set. Like for us, we're working in an audio engine that just, piggybacks on the game engine oh yeah good point yeah you guys are using um wise probably wise. right yeah 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 unless maybe right. it did and i just don't remember it to be honest like i said maybe it's uh, I, remember, I thought i heard something I, remember certain things. I got another question here from flame cherry that's a really good handle what were Great. your emotions when your soundtrack won almost all of the awards how did your family react to this contribution for the uh, to the gaming um, gaming industry Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, 
I mean, every time we win anything, it's a huge honor. And I, and I'm, I'm honestly, not to say I'm not happy, but I'm more happy for people like Richard and, and, you know, the work that Randy did, but you know, I know, I know how hard Richard worked. I was there every step of the way. I mean, I know how hard I worked, but I guess it's just the, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dave, you can probably relate, you know, as a, as, 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 as a leader or whatever of a team, you hate to kind of put yourself up front. You, you basically want to push everybody around you and, and step back. And so I'm happy to do that. I mean, I know, I know how much I, I put into this game, but I also know the people around me did just as much. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm happy for everybody when we win anything, you know, and if we win an audio award or whatever, it's, it's the game to me, that's winning it. You know, it's not us. Yeah. It's good for the game. So Good for the game. Good for the studio. Good for everyone. Team effort, as Richard just said in the chat. Where do you go, Rich? Well, I mean, it's funny because like audio. I mean, audio is always. You know, I think that people often say that audio is at least fifty percent of your experience in you know anything visual, audio visual. Um, and so you know, we didn't really get much into um, the, all the work that your team needs to do because we we spent most of the time you know. Hand, you know, touching on the music, but there's yeah. the whole component of characterization and voice and all these other very, very big, 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 big parts even, of the job. I didn't even that, talk about, yeah, I feel like, uh, you got to give me a minute. I, I, I got to mention somebody here. So go for it for all, for all the aliens in the game. Uh, again, you know, like we could have just said, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get some, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just some weird sort of sounds from people. And we'll, you know, we'll treat it as a secondary sort of thing, but, um, I didn't want to do that with anything, you know, I mean, you always want to, you know, even the, the sound of the fly in the background, you know, if you're a perfectionist, you want it to be the best, most realistic fly <laughs> buzzing in the, you know what I mean? It's that stupid, yeah, but I'm sure. sure you guys get it, you know? Yeah. So for the aliens and I, I was sort of like, okay, I really want that authenticity of like, from what I've seen in star Wars or any sci-fi that you watch, you know, with Mandalorian, whatever. And I hooked up with, uh, local Montreal guy, Sébastien Crotteau, who's part of La Fabrique des Monstres, which is basically a group of uh, Montreal death metal singers <laughs> that come together and they do, whether it's, um, they do some really interesting stuff. Like if you've never seen it, I loved, um, there's a YouTube link called Growler's Choir. And it's basically a poetry reading with them backing the reader. And if you can picture something very sort of Game of Thrones where like there's a guy reading, you know, and and then all of a sudden you have all these big voices with that guttural. And it's like, oh, ah, and all in sync, though. And it's and there's a director doing it all. And it's very powerful. Like mm. I saw it and I was like, wow, this is so we need cool, that. You know? Yeah. So and FSJ is now gone global. He's connected with metal singers, death metal singers all over the world. Um, so I actually brought him in like a, probably close to a year before we even recorded. And we started working together and talking mm. about nowhere. And I was sending him the list of aliens and the list of creatures. So Sebastien, uh, you know, he would send me all kinds of stuff, references. Like, it's amazing. Like this guy goes deep. Like he's, he creates like a 200 page Bible of all the science fiction films and how they can lend themselves to our game and whatever really, really, really passionate guy. And through him and, and sending me like all the demos. Okay. What do you think of this? And I'm like, well, not this, but, and then I'd be like, okay, in pitch black, they have a creature. You see it once and it's cool. And I want it more in that direction. He's like, okay, I got it. You know? 
So then once we had the design down, which like I said, took about a year, he met with all his team and he decided, okay, well, who can do this? Cause now I'm like, okay, well, I need three of these, three of these, two of these, three of these. And again, from like a spreadsheet point, you're like, okay, well, which speak English, which speak alien and you know, which ones are going to get localized. And I'm trying to pitch like, well, if the more alien we go, the less we have to localize it. I want ours to be across the world. So back and forth with narrative and everything, we get the numbers down. I, I get the whole spreadsheet. Seb does it. Uh, he gets everybody together and then we started recording them and it was really, really cool. I mean, they came in and they really lent themselves to it. They really gave, uh, we had a few big names. We had, um, the singer from Arch Enemy, Alisa. Oh, yeah. She's from Montreal and she was in town wow. and she came in and she did. That's uh, cool. Yeah, she's she's actually the food vendor in Nowhere. <laughs> and there's a couple of so other random. characters. But what's great, all these, all these, um, all these actors, like right when they would we'd be done, I'd be like, okay, it's five minutes. Just give me anything crazy that you can do. And then I would grab all of those after the sessions and put them in a folder on the network. And mm. I would tell the audio team for all the ambiences go here. There's tons of yeah. crazy sounds. And even myself, like as late as September and we were like cut in October, the scene in lady hellbenders castle where you see star Lord and you just see the, the tentacle and he's kissing the tentacle. He's like, I'll call you. I'll call you. Yeah. I love that scene. You know, And it's a great scene, but more and more I was like, it needs something. And I'm like, it need, you need to hear the alien reciprocating yeah. what he's saying. Somehow. Otherwise yeah. it feels static. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need something, you know? So I start going through that folder and I'm like, just listening to like the craziest sounds Random you've ever sounds. heard. And then finally I find one and it, funny enough, it was Elisa showing us uh, an exercise. She did gargling with oh. water to warm up. And it's this <laughs> weird, like gargling wet, like, ooh, ooh, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's it. That's it. So I put the sound out. And now I post JS, who's got like all these performance issues. And I'm like, hey, stop everything you're doing because I want this sound to go in. He's looking at me like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I got Rome burning behind me and you want me to stop. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, we're cutting the discs like tonight. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but please. And to his credit, I mean, you know, he got it in. And that's awesome. And I loved it. I was just like, that's great. It's perfect now, you know? It's crazy. Like, I mean, you've, there's a big theme here on collaboration. We often have that uh, with a lot of the guests that we bring in. Um, and that probably has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of people we bring in, we have past experiences with that have been very collaborative. Um, and it just goes to show you, like, all these things, like, you know, if you find yourself working on a, on a, on a game or, you know, especially a game, because I think there's a little bit more access when you're working on a game, like definitely spend some time and energy collaborating with those other departments, the character design team, the audio design team, because take a look, even that lipless thing, lipless got his nickname because there was a concept. We were just working with whatever we had lying around. That was just like yeah. an NPC enemy that was in the game. We're like, we need somebody for the scene. So we went and looked through stuff. And then what happened was we'd like this one. We thought it was really cool. So we were like, let's run with that. So when the actor came on and he took a look at that concept, Concept. He was inspired. He's like, I'm going to try to sound like that, which makes sense, right? And Great so actor. that Alex, literally just Alex Ivanovich. Exactly. And so he he ended up like talking. He was acting the entire time with his lips stuck up like this <laughs> because actually, he wanted to sound yeah. like. So he wasn't able to make certain phonemes because his lips were missing. Yeah, he never he can't make a p sound because he doesn't That's have it. lips. So he always says eat. 
eat. That's it. That's you it. Know? And but, it became but, a thing. And like, like suddenly a character was born just through this sort of interesting <laughs> collaboration between a character designer, an audio yep. department and some actors. And like, you know, the, you know, it was, Narrative it was just team, fun. Like, like that, yeah. that's where magic happens, right? When you have all these minds that have different perspectives on the things and, and, and they, it can just give birth to a, to a spark that can lead to an inferno. If you're you know, like going back to what you're saying you're before, open to it. Cosmic energies are useless if you're not open to them, right? You have to kind of go with the flow. So collaboration Absolutely. is key. That's how cool things like that happen. I just wanted to make sure yeah, I agree. that point I was agree made. Completely. And it's the funnest think, part of the job. I mean, it's to me, oh, it is. Again, it, to me, it is too. It Absolutely. To being in a, it equates to being in a band in a, a band. jam, band. Room, I which I always that. go back to because, yep. you know, when, when people start collaborating and, oh, like you said, like the Beatles get back. I mean, you watch that. And you see all the sparks. You could almost see it in the air. Oh, you're yeah. going to play that? I think oh, this okay. will go good with that. And he yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody starts just feeding off of it. That's it. Truly yeah. magic, creative brainstorming. It's, it's a magic moment. And when it happens, like you said, you need to acknowledge that it's happening and yep. grab it. And ride it until it kicks you off and goes to the absolutely because you don't know when it's going to come again, right? Like those things are like, never know. It's like so. I got we, we got very little time left, but I wanted to squeeze in a couple of last questions if you don't mind, Steve. Um, no, absolutely. There's one here by our, our very own. No, no, no. This has been great. This is like when people come come to these these chats because they just want to get a good dose of the kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> so we got one here from um, this is from Scott Hewitt, actually, our community manager. He said. Steve, any tips for people wanting to get into scoring film and and games? And I I get, I get people asking me this a lot too. A lot of my musically inclined friends. So this is a really good question. I'm I'm interested to hear what you say. So, I mean, I wish I had Richard here because he would probably give you the real, the Mm. real answer as he he does it for a living. Whereas I, I get paid to watch people do it for a living. But what I would say is, um, and you, the question was for scoring, right? Yeah, specifically. Yeah. So, what I would recommend, and and again, maybe Rich will come back and chime in in the chat if he's here. Yeah, please <laughs> do, Richard. What I would recommend still here. is I, I would say is start practicing by grabbing some of your favorite scenes in movies or in games and scoring them, and and start developing. You know, and don't always pick the same type of thing. Like pick an action scene. Pick because just because somebody gives you like the best emotional scene in the world, and you're like, oh my god, I'm weeping listening to this, and then everything else is flat you're not really winning, right? You need, you need to have everything. um, You need to have everything covered. And that was like, when I asked for the pitch from the composers, I'm like, well, give me a combat. I want a heroic theme. I want, you know, I had a list of about six or seven things that were very important because I already had an idea of, of um, using themes a lot, the way star Wars does, you know, where you, you know, you get that theme served to you so many ways, you know, like the big theme. And then when Luke's looking at the two sons and you get that sort of string melancholy version, I love that. And and that's what I wanted us to do. And Rich was like, totally on board. Great idea. So we use that a lot. So again, I would, I would focus a lot on scores and I would practice it's practice. Right. And when you're going to send people stuff, like send them a scene that you've rescored. I mean, just maybe don't pick like something iconic, like Jaws with Danette, Danette, like pick, you know, cause that's, you're not going to change mm. people's opinion mm. on that iconic <laughs> score, but pick any kind of scene from a game or a movie and score it and have that's that in idea. your demo. You know, like yeah. it's a good way to show people what you can do. And again, you know, it shows people that you can take a visual, um, visual property and put the emotion to it 
to what's there. You know what I mean? Because I could just sit here and write anything if there's no visual that I have to follow, you know, a camera cut or a timing yep. thing. And I mean, that's one thing like, you know, Dave, I'll, I'll be honest, like I find I learned so much on this project about paying so much more attention now to like camera cuts and this mm. and you know oh richard chimed in so yeah, nice. agreed with steve have your own musical voice don't try to be a jack of all trades and a master of none there you go be different take creative risks absorb yourself in anything that inspires you and say goodbye to your social life <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer but yeah he's, he's totally right you know i think that's that's the way you have to do it is you just got to get in roll up your sleeves and you know, whether it's playing guitar, whether it's anything, it's just practice and do it until you find your voice and who you are. I mean, it's taken me, I've been playing guitar for 30 years and I know I'm never going to be a Steve Vai. That's just not my type of playing. It's not who I am. It's not natural to me to play that way. You know, doesn't mean I'm not a great player. I mean, like I can listen to Angus Young as much as I listen to Steve Vai. Steve Vai technically way better than Angus Young, but people love listening to Angus Young. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's just about finding who you are. You don't have to be the best at this or that. Just be the best you, you know, that's it. I think that's, that's it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Like as Richard says, be different, be different, like, uh, like own it, be you because you are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, that's what people are going to be interested in rather than just being a, a copy of somebody else. It's interesting that way you, you put it to like the, the, the idea of taking an existing sort of set of scenes or a sequence and then scoring it because that's kind of like, that's more of a job, right? Like often that's what, that's what you would need to be doing. So rather than starting from that scratch and trying to create everything, it's like, no, no, like start with something. It's because it's very similar to animators do, right? We do all, we often practice by taking like a, a, um, a piece of audio from an existing film and uh, it's a very classic exercise and competition that animators are always doing where they take it and then they bring it to life there's already a performance there there's already a theme and there's already a, a feeling there your job is to pick up on that and double down and complete it, it. which is exactly, exactly. what you kind of need to do um, when you're scoring probably right you've got to build think, that yeah. that spectrum of audio that fits that piece and like Which you is, said, I don't like, even know where to, many, I don't even know I'm where sure to start. many people can just sit there and write a random piece with no visual to time it to. But as yeah. you said, being given a dramatic emotional scene, like look how, how great that scene with um, Drax and Star-Lord in Nowhere at the Rift is yeah. resonating from the writing, exactly. the facial animation, which is just sick how good it is. Hmm. It's it, There's so many good things and, and I don't want to sound uh, crappy on this, but there's so many amazing elements in that scene that what often gets overlooked is how good the score is in that part because <laughs> it's very powerful and it's it's not True. a negative. It's it's me actually saying there's so many good things that I totally get why the score doesn't get mentioned. Yeah. But again, yeah. as you said, the score is basically what's taking it's all the, of that in yeah. its arms. It's and, wrapping and it. Yeah. it and wrapping it. Exactly. And, and Richard, when he wrote that score, like I knew I was like, this is your moment. When I gave him that scene, I'm like, get out all the all the tools you have to make people weep. Like this is yeah. this is one of the big moments. And he got make it. Him weep. And when he wrote the score, I, you know, and it stuck with me. I was like, God, it was so good, so good. And then when we got to one of the next guardians having their big moments, and I was gonna ask, like, you know, I, I gotta prepare the list of music for that chapter. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm writing something like the other one, but different. And then I'm like, you know, are you really going to write that? Like, you're going to have to punch yourself if you write that. Cause I hate that line. Like, give me the same, but different. Like I wanted yeah, yeah. blue, but blue, <laughs> you know, like, no. So reinvent blue. Go I ahead. thought about it and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm like, 
you you wanted you and Rich have talked about themes, and I'm like, why don't we just reuse this? And this becomes a theme that every mm. time one of them has one of those big character awakening moments, we come back to this. We don't have yeah. to write this and then four cheaper versions of this because yeah. let's be honest, right? Once you get that first one, everything else is like a pale copy. Mm. I'm like, let's double down on this. And Rich was like, I love it. And I said, plus it saves in scoring time and we can move <laughs> on to the next stuff. Exactly. You know? Those are the best because ideas, right? There's already over five hours of music at some point. Yeah. You can't score yeah. everything. But yeah. It turned out again to be one of those sort of cosmic decisions that when we sat back and played the game, we're like, it works perfect. And it became mm. what we called our theme of loss, which we used whenever one of those characters, you know, even at the end of the game, when Peter wakes up, when he's on the table, I mean, it's that theme that's playing, you know, we use it as much as we could. Yeah, it's it's I think it, I feel like people who write really good scores are in the same category of, of really good compositing artists for films, right? It's like you don't notice if it's you don't notice if it's good often. You just notice when something's not working. It's like because when it's good, it just fits and it completes everything. And you don't uh, yeah, it's it. like you're the unsung heroes. It's funny too. Another thing didn't come up in this chat that I wish we had more time, but um, I'll mention it really briefly. Is that the thing is like when Steve described like how chaotic productions can be and how there's always moving parts. The thing about the audio department is that they are often at the, the, the caboose end of that train. There's a train that's like full <laughs> steam ahead, plowing forward. And everyone in those departments, every one of those, those carts in front of that caboose are making changes that are important for, you know, protecting the, the quality of their work. And then at the end of the day, all those changes, they compound into what I can only describe as a fucking complete clusterfuck. And it, that audio now, <laughs> has to like take and then like get out the door and then like make it sound good I, I honestly like full props i just wanted to take a moment to give full and absolute props to every audio designer and any audio developer <laughs> in any game because i see what you go through on every single freaking production i've been on and i don't know how you hold it together to be honest and, and b forget about making it sound as good as you did especially on this particular game i'm bringing brent to my next salary negotiation <laughs> yeah no problem <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just I, gonna I, say, I, I'm gonna say one thing because I didn't get to talk about it because I just babbled too much and it was I could no. sit here and talk for a while. But we one big thing that we did, and for anybody listening on a production side, was put money and time into a mix. And it's something I learned from from Rob Bridget on Tomb Raider, who's been a, a great support guy for me in the studio, and it's great having another audio director that you get along and we can support each other. And he's been great for that. And he was like, you know, get a budget, get a schedule and like, you know, put it in. Cause like, I obviously I picked his brain about Tomb Raider and I was like, it went so well and what went well, what didn't, what advice could you give me? And again, you know, like be open to learning from other people. So what the mix did was a few things. Number one, it did give me a card to play to say, Hey, I'm going to, England on this date, we can't keep changing after this date. And audio rarely gets that card, you know, but now the studio's backing that card because they're paying exactly. for that studio time in London. Yep. Yep. Now, unless you want that studio time to be a waste of time, that's, you know, it's your money. That's, but, it. you know. that's a good way to so, do it. Make sure that's yeah, smart. So, and the other thing I'll say is our game, and again, a big credit goes to, you know, JS Leblanc for pulling it all together uh, while we were there. But you know, him and I had to go down there. We had to leave our families for over three weeks in August. I didn't see any of August. I was over in London. 
we had to go through like crazy amount of COVID tests. And just to be fair, the company like didn't force us to go. Like we, we had, they were more than willing to say, if you guys don't want to go, like, you know, we'll adapt. And I even had a, a backup plan if we stayed in Montreal, but Jess and I knew the, the right place to go was, was to go to Molinaire. We went in the UK, Molinaire Studios, amazing facility, treated us like gold. Like just, just to show you, okay. Like we arrive on the Friday at the hotel and we had to quarantine for five days at the hotel, yeah. you know, quarantine. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. We never left the hotel, I swear. But uh, anyway, <laughs> no, we, we were very, we stayed in the hotel. We were really good. But these guys come to visit us on our first day with like this huge care package of like, here's some beers. Here's some cool reading material <laughs> about all the rock and roll spots in London. Here's some ch- like, Amazing. you start off your first day going like, this is going to okay. be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I they're like, like come see the facility. The hotel was literally maybe a two minute walk to the facility. Oh, that's amazing. Like we crossed the street, walked through Soho and we were there. So like there was nights at like 1030, I'd go back to the room to grab a few beers out of the fridge to go back to work with JS to like midnight. And it was great because, you know, if you had to hop into an Uber or something, forget it. And the other thing we did that was smart is, you know, technology changes so much. Every five years we put out one game. But from Human Revolution, which was pure stereo, nothing else, to then Mankind Divided, which had, you know, a bit more of a 5.1, but it's the mm. engine that's kind of tricking it all and everything else. And I think all the cutscenes were were uh, were bink. So I think they were all stereo. Mm-hmm. But now we get to this game where now you're talking like full 7.1, Atmos. Like Dolby Atmos? Everything. Yeah. Yeah, Atmos. And we were like, I just sat there and I said, look, like, I have good ears. Jazz has good ears, but we don't mix games for a living. We do this once every mm. five years. And then when we do, it's in this chaotic yeah. rush, right? So I said, I want to surround ourselves with an expert. So with Molinaire, when we, and we had so many meetings leading up to this to make sure everything was in place. And I said, I need an experienced guy. Mm. And we, we got to work with this guy, uh, Richard Pryke, who's an Oscar winning sound mixer for Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, nice. And what a gentleman like sitting with this guy every day he was there every day monday to friday we were in on weekends as well but i learned so much and and i'm js was here he would say the same thing because i remember like we didn't really mix the game up until it was time to mix it because we had other stuff to do and we didn't even have Mm. the full score in so why would you mix it because at one point we're changing the midi for the real orchestra which changes the dynamics of the audio completely so basically we get out there and, you know, we got all this COVID stress. You're not seeing your family. And even internally, like some of the guys are like, you know, are you guys going to mix this? Cause right now it's sounding kind of flat. And we're like, hmm. yeah, we know, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting to it. So there's a lot of stress and insecurity. And then we get there and I know in my head how I want it to sound, you know, like I have a good idea. So it's funny. The first day we're sitting there and even then I don't know this mixer guy and I don't know what he's going to, where he's going to take us. So I'm like, no idea. Please God, let everything work out. (laughs) So one of the first scenes we get, and it's a, you know, the music when they're flying off into the quarantine zone Mm. and he's like, all right, JS, he's like, uh, put it up six DB. So in audio, six DB is basically doubling the current sound. So he's basically saying to JS, like, if you're at five, put it to 10. And JS is like, (laughs) what (laughs) is this guy for real crazy you know yeah and i'm but i'm sitting there going like i'm like yes yes like let's go big epic like i want you know turn it up with the hair back here (laughs) (laughs) and and sure sure enough 
we start doing it and we go through the whole first chapter and it's like painful because everything's like, turn this up, turn this up, bring that up. But this guy knows his shit. And at oh, the end, so cool. when we sat back and we played it and now all of a sudden we had a dynamic mm. mix where like yeah. the big moments were big. That's it. And we learned that, you know, even though they give you specs saying, well, you should always respect like minus 22 as your average. Okay. But that doesn't mean you can't go to like minus 12 and go huge at this explosion. As long as you True. come back and average out so That's that it. you're not, because if Pick you're your too loud all the time, it's ear yeah. fatigue and it doesn't work. For sure. 11 stops being 11 if you're at 10 all the time. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have to come down to five for 11 to be allowed to be 11. So Absolutely. the mix, I can't stress enough. Like, I'll be honest. I really feel the game found its audio identity in those three weeks in London. Oh, that's cool. That I look back at so fondly, like it was so, uh, it was so stressful. Like I said, like just rush, rush, rush. And, and in the process, oh yeah, I got to deal with all this paperwork and get COVID tests and this. And, and you're just like, you know, so much unknown. And yet yeah. we went out there and, and honestly, like it sounds dramatic, good but we came back as champions. Like we really, like That's when we awesome. came back, I was completely drained and we came back on a Saturday and then I was like, Oh, but there's still five weeks left. So Monday, 9am you're back sitting here, you know, after going through that. And I'll be honest, the tank was empty, but you find, that's something so cool. to keep you going for hmm. four more weeks hmm. but the, the game really like owes a huge debt to the uk to molinaire um and like i said i look fondly just with the the three weeks js and i spent going to war like day in and day out that's all we did go to the studio stay there till late go home you know and then i'd get back to the hotel and i'd have marketing stuff and trailers to oh, approve yeah. and it'd be like 1 a.m and i'd be going to bed and i'm like all right do it all again tomorrow <laughs> Like so I said, anyway, all this hopefully that drug right? was released in your brains because otherwise you wouldn't want to do it again, right? Sort of yeah, like yeah, exactly. You know. And I already said to the guys, okay, we'll be back in four years. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, um, for any audio people, put a mix in your schedule and surround yourself with the right people because it's it's worth it. Sage advice, uh, Steve. I'd like to take this moment to thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to chat with that us. That was great. It was, it was oh, man, selfish of me because I get to get caught up with you, but um, hopefully. Everyone got a good earful of all this 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 world that we know exists that many of us don't necessarily really understand. This whole audio scape that you and your tire you and your 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 compatriots tirelessly um, you know you know chore over to make as awesome uh, as as you guys are able to do. So thank you for oh, giving thanks. us a little window into that world. Thanks for having uh, an audio guy on the program. I know it's mainly yeah. uh, an animation <laughs> sort of community. We like and, to mix it up a little bit. Actually, yeah, I got a lot no, of people in chat. Good. They were like, you know, I'm an animator, but I find this conversation fascinating. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's do more it, of that. That's it. Absolutely. So thank you Honestly, for, guys, uh, for bringing something like fresh said, to the table. We, I, I haven't seen either of you in quite a while, so I could have sat here for another two hours and just talked. Like you're you're both two great human beings, so it's it's fun to to sit with you guys and talk. And And again, you know, cheers to you guys in the community for doing this. Yeah, let's well, absolutely you, do that again. Yeah, you yeah you kind of screwed yourself there, Steve. Because whenever a guest says that they really liked it and they could talk for hours, we always bring them back. So now you're kind of on the hook. So <laughs> anytime anyone wants to listen email. to me talk, I, I will be happy. I never say no to a captive audience. Good, I like it. Like a true awesome. rock star. Thank you. And, All and right. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone who supported and and grabbed the game and played it. Uh, we really Absolutely. appreciate it. And and for the album as well. I mean, uh, 
Uh, Zero to Hero is now over 800,000 streams on Spotify. That's awesome. Wow. That's so Congrats. awesome. That's amazing. On fire. Nice work, buddy. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy basking in the glory of that success, my friend. Well, well deserved. Well, again, right. team effort and you know, make sure make sure it's 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 well known that you know there was a lot of hands pulling together to get this boat over the uh, the, the harbor. Absolutely. Cheers. You guys be right, well. Steve. Cheers. Happy New Happy Year. You too. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, well. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs> Well, that was fun. I I didn't got a chance to ch catch up with Steve uh, for quite a while. Um, I know I I we I maybe poked each other on Facebook a couple times um, since I uh, left that production, and it's just it's amazing to see how much was done between. I I always find that interesting when you're on a production and you're in the heat of it, and then you you know you move on to other things, and you 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 then see this 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 thing come out, and you you just realize that the gap that was filled between that time is just so, so immense. Anybody who's been on a, a game production knows, um, and has ex probably experienced this one, one very, very real thing that always happens. Well, hopefully it happens. Um, because if it, is, it doesn't happen, it's probably not a good sign for the production, but at the, like within the last couple months, the amount of work that ends up going in, it, it, it doesn't even make any sense. It's just like the game, like I'm always nervous up until the point of a release and then suddenly things just start to click. And I'm sure that's probably why, why Steve has such fond memories of, of doing that mix is because like you said, it was like the, the audio identity was probably formed right then because it was like, it's do or die. We got to make this, we got to put it together, take all this great work that we've done and then mix it um, so that it sort of completes the, 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 the signature. Um, and it's amazing. Like it feels like almost an un unclimbable mountain. And then, you know, you, you just put the time in and you just keep your, keep your head down and, and stay on target. And next thing you know, you have this, this amazing thing that, uh, you, you put out in the world and then you're sitting there going, please, please don't hate it. You know, like you don't know the, the market can be really weird. So I've seen some games go out that, you know, that I was convinced were going to be amazing. And then people just don't like it. And then it's the other way around too. You think, Oh, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's not done. It's not polished enough. And people just, they just, something about it they just the uh the people just grab onto it and they just they just love it so you never really know all you can really do is put your heart and soul into it stay open to the cosmos as uh, as steve would say and, and listen to those those opportunities and try to put that lightning in a bottle whenever possible that's all you can do at the end of the day you can't worry about how it's going to do because you don't really have any fi final full control over that all you can do is control your effort and the creativity and the sort of the collaboration that you bring to the table and um that's all you can do so if you if you keep approach every day with that attitude there's a very good chance that we're going to produce at the end especially if there's enough other people on the team doing the same thing it's going to be great so i'd just like to thank steve again for being here uh david obviously as usual for being my uh, my partner in crime um I hope you all had an amazing holiday. Hopefully you did have, take enough time for yourselves to turn off and just be with your family, be with loved ones. And, um, you know, I think it's really important as creatives in an industry that's very demanding of our creativity that we do find the time to distance ourselves and just switch off. Now, I, I have a hard time doing it myself. I'm sure a lot of you do as well, but it's it's super important. So um, hopefully you all found some time to do that. And um, hopefully, um, you know, you always find a way of doing that throughout the year so that you don't you know, burn out because we know that that's not fun and, um, and nobody wants to go through that. Um, have a really good January. I'm excited about what's going to be happening here at Agora community. We're going to be, uh, we already got a lot of people on the list of, on, on the schedule and there's more to come as we schedule more people in. There's a lot of conversations already ongoing for some great guests. So I will see you here, um, every week as, as usual. So it was great to have uh, Steve on as our first guest of the year. And I'm looking forward to all the many more to come. Stay animated. Cheers, guys.
and girls. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.